What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Emotionally Online, the show for spilling guts and sharing secrets. Hosted by yours truly, the one and only sexiest woman alive, according to lots of people. Just go around and ask. Maddie draws back. <laughs> Happy Black Friday to all of those who celebrate. I'm recording this on Tuesday, but it does go live on Black Friday. So can we get a round of applause with from the live studio audience for Black Friday, everybody? Woo! Gotta go get those sales, baby. It's a holiday for couponers, middle-aged moms that have nothing else to do. But you know what? I've been thinking about this quite a bit recently. Black Friday is like, what it is now is just the wee remnants of what it was in the early 2000s. To me, Black Friday is like, it should have ended already because it definitely it seems to be an early 2000s thing that is somehow still here, but it's completely fucking bastardized. What we know as Black Friday right now is not at the heart of Black Friday, okay? The heart of Black Friday is lining up in front of a Walmart at 10 p.m. on Thanksgiving, ditching your family members to go consider homicide over a crock pot. That's the beauty of Black Friday, and we don't, that's not even considered in the realm of Black Friday anymore because these fucking brands start the sales on November 1st now. It's like you don't even have to wait till Black Friday to get the deal. Half the time, the good deals are at the beginning of the month. So by the time you waited till Black Friday, you've already missed out because those brands want you to miss out. They don't want you to get a good deal, okay? They already, they gave it away on November 5th, baby. They didn't save anything for Black Friday. It's gone now. And also, since everything's online, it's like, isn't everything kind of on sale always we have fucking honey and all these other coupon sites i don't feel like the black friday deals now are ever that fucking insane because everything's online part one part two is that the other beauty of black friday aside from the sales is the entertainment factor black friday is like a free sporting event like as a spectator I spent middle and high school going to Black Friday sales in person. Dude, I didn't have any fucking money. Do you think I bought anything? No. I went there to loiter and watch middle-aged women fight. That was it. And that was fun. And that was what was entertaining to us at the time. And I just feel like teenagers now are really missing out on that. Are really missing out on the full Black Friday experience. To the point where I'm like, let's just cancel it. I don't think we need to do Black Friday anymore. Because if we can't have it for what it was, for what it was meant to be, at the beginning of all, in the Garden of Eden, if you go way back in the Old Testament, (laughs) they will tell you that Black Friday is, you know, it's basically a jousting tournament for 53-year-old ladies in a Sears. (laughs) I remember going to like, you know, I remember in middle school going with my mom at like 4 or 5 a.m., a more reasonable hour, you know? She wasn't that crazy. But we would set our alarms, and I would get up, and I was so excited to just follow her around and be at the mall at an hour you were not supposed to be at the mall. I think that was the only appeal as a kid, was like, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> it was like when the Girl Scouts did uh, sleepovers at the mall, and I was like, why are we doing that? Because it's fun to be somewhere you're not supposed to. (laughs) The mall is really fun when it's closed. Because there's something forbidden about it. There's something about Black Friday that feels forbidden when you're a kid and you have no money. And your mom's like, I'm going to go to the mall at 3 a.m. And you're like, ooh, uh, can I come? And I was like, you're just going to follow her around while she, I don't know, maybe stops into Victoria's Secret. Go get your dad a few new polo tees at Macy's, like. There's nothing crazy that goes on, but you're like, we're at the mall, and it's dark out, (laughs) and there's something fun about that, and then when you go to high school, well, not anymore, you guys lost your chance. When I was in high school, (laughs) we would go at, like, midnight, right after Thanksgiving, like, I'd be with my family. We do Thanksgiving dinner pretty late in my house, or maybe we don't. 
I'm, I actually don't have any memories, but in, in my mind, <laughs> we do like Thanksgiving, uh, dinner probably around like four. Okay. So it's early for dinner, but it's late in the day as in like, we're cooking it all day and people come over at like 10, but then we don't eat until like three or four. I could be telling a bunch of lies right now. Honestly, I actually have no idea when we eat Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I just know that people come over really early in the day and they don't leave until super late. So the people come over around like 11, 10, 11, but then everyone stays until like midnight. And I remember leaving, like everyone's going home. We all play catchphrase on Thanksgiving. That's like my, my family's game of choice. So after we eat, after we do dessert, everyone's fucking blasted and we're going to sit around the table and play catchphrase. And the version of catchphrase we have was produced in like 2003. So all of the options on the catchphrase are like old as shit. I don't even know half the shit that's in that catchphrase machine. Um, so my siblings never want to play because they're like, we don't know anything in there. <laughs> don't even know how to describe it. I've never heard of those things. Um, so actually, now that I'm saying this, I have catchphrase that was made in this fucking decade. So maybe I should bring that this year. Um, but I would leave right after dinner, dessert, our catchphrase extravaganza. And I would go with my friends to the mall to do what? Nothing. We would just... Uh, loiter walk around maybe we'd buy some some undies from victoria's secret we'd get a good deal we'd load up on perfumes at bath and body works get a few bath bombs from lush and then like you know maybe steal something from forever 21 on the way out just because it's black friday just because you get a deal doesn't mean it's not you know theft is off the table <laughs> i'm joking i've only stolen like twice in my life <laughs> And I was so scared both times. <laughs> I'm getting off track. Hold on. I'll tell you about the times that I stole in a minute. But going back to my Black Friday experiences, we would go and we, you know, we, we just wander around, really. There was no objective to going. Why we went at midnight, no purpose. I think we more just went to observe and, like, take part in the craziness of it all to be like, oh, this is serious. We're getting to the mall at midnight and we're about to fight with some old ladies for no reason we don't really want to buy anything but I just want to be there I want to be in the action and we would always end up with people that I didn't even know like we would go it was like me and my four or five friends we all lived in the same neighborhood together and then I just have distinct memories of like going there at midnight and then just ending up in a huge minivan parked in like a Sears parking lot with a ton of people and like the grades above and below us just sitting and talking at 4 a.m. It's like, who are these people? Why do we all need to hang out at 4 a.m. in a parking lot? No reason at all. It's just like the novelty of it, really. Being like, yeah, I went out, I did Black Friday. (laughs) I tested out a bunch of mattresses at Jordan's Furniture. And, um... Yeah, then I sat in a parking lot, and I felt really fucking badass because of it. Maybe this is a suburban thing that I'm talking about, because I don't know if people in cities were doing that. (laughs) Maybe that's just a living in suburban New England thing. There's nothing better to do. Let's go to the mall and loiter in the parking lot. Wait till the mall cop yells at us, and then we'll bully him while he drives away. Paul Blart Mall Cop initiated uh, the approval rating of bullying of mall cops to spike up. I'm sure of it. <laughs> okay, wait. Going back to the the stealing stories. This is not even what I'm supposed to be talking about this episode. But to be fair, there's no real guidance for this episode. I'm just going strictly off vibes today because I have too many things to do. Thank you. With peace and love. Peace and love. Um... This is off the cuff. This is a real sleepover, baby. Strap in. (laughs) Get yourself a drink, baby. So I've stolen twice in my life in memory. Um, The first time that I stole was in high school. Um, And this, I don't even count as stealing because I think that I was just really fucking smart. I think I'm just brilliant. and My IQ is just light years above what you might expect 
from me. Or you know what? I'm not even going to say that because you look at me and you know that I'm smart because I have big boobs. Fucking everyone with big boobs is smart. So I just think that I was brilliant. I think that I made a smart play here and I don't think it's considered stealing because I think the employees were just stupid. Or maybe they weren't and they were just giving me a pass because I'm beautiful and sexy and gorgeous and I deserve it. So (laughs) I was in like sophomore year of high school and I found this dress that I really liked and I really wanted to buy a belt a tiny little brown belt to go with the dress I needed to buy this outfit because I was meeting Cher Lloyd Uh, yeah that's 2013 for you I want a meet and greet to meet Cher Lloyd through a radio station (laughs) and I needed an outfit for it had my flower crown I had this brown dress that I found at Forever 21 that I was gonna buy and I really wanted to buy this belt to go with it but I was like oh god I really don't want to pay what an extra 12 bucks for this belt maybe even cheaper I don't even remember the prices were at Forever 21 back then but I just tied the belt around the dress to make it look like it came with it and it wasn't two separate items. And um, I was hoping that they would just check it out as one. They would just check out the dress and they wouldn't check out the belt. Because it was like around that time, dresses with the belts attached to it were kind of a thing. So I thought that maybe they wouldn't think anything of it. And I was right. They didn't. They just rung me up for the dress. Belt is attached to the dress. And uh, they never knew. And I walked out of there with two items, only having paid for one that's just smarts baby that's I got in there and I did what I needed to do I was on a budget and I was on a mission so I actually don't count that as stealing I just count that as being the smartest person alive however the second time I stole I actually really did steal (laughs) this was in college um I worked at Urban Outfitters for four or five years maybe that's an exaggeration maybe it was three three, four years, let's call it. And anyone that's ever worked for an urban company knows uh, how easy those stores are to steal from. (laughs) Not that I'm encouraging anyone to steal. You shouldn't steal. But (laughs) have I stolen from urban? Yes, of course I have. It was just some home decor stuff because I was like, you know, this is dumb. I worked here for like four years. I think you owe it to me. I can take some stuff. And I was like, I'm not paying this. I'm not paying this shit. I'm not paying like, what, 30 bucks for an incense holder? I'm good, dude. I'll just take it. I'm just going to put it in my bag. So I did. I just put it in my bag and walked out. Nobody even saw. So that's the only time that I've ever stolen something, like actually. So I was just like, you know what? I'm not buying it today. And I'll be real. It felt good. (laughs) Like, I can't even lie. I didn't feel guilty about it. I was just like, yeah stick it to them bitch fuck you urban outfitters and um yeah anyways just reminiscing on memories of black friday's past and how whatever black friday is now is simply they should make a different name for it because this is not black friday i remember black friday okay I was alive for the Black Friday of Black Friday's past. And I just think that this is a holiday that we need to leave in its glory days. It just, you it's not what it used to be. And we need to stop pretending that it is. But will I be buying a considerable amount of things this Black Friday? Yes. Not for myself. I like to do all of my Christmas shopping by Black Friday so then I can sit and stop worrying about it. So I'm not going to buy anything for myself on Black Friday, but I'm going to try to buy every gift that I need to get for other people on Black Friday. So hopefully all goes well and I get those deals, baby, even though they suck. And I'll stand by that one. Speaking of shopping, I put out merch this week. What the fuck? If you don't follow me on Instagram, you might have missed this. I posted about it on the community tab on my YouTube channel, and I hinted at it in my last video. But assuming you've had your eyes closed for this whole entire week, or you don't follow me on those things, and you're only a listener of the podcast, which, follow me on my other things. What the heck? I want you to be on the other things. <laughs> um... You might not know, but I have merch now. I put out two t-shirts and a crew neck. 
Um, this has been in the works for about four months now. I have been dying to talk to you guys about it. Basically, like right after I put out my Notion video in August, which in that video, I talk about how there's a section of my Notion that's dedicated to merch. And I was like, don't get your hopes up. Like it's empty. And I open up the the tab and I'm like, see, there's nothing here. And um, that was the truth. <laughs> there really wasn't anything there. But after that video went live, one of you guys um, ended up reaching out to me. Worked for a merchandise company. And a um, few phone calls and a long email chain later... And we were making merch. We were having at it. So I worked with a team of designers, very talented designers. I basically sent them over a bunch of concepts, a Pinterest board of design styles that I liked, and a bunch of my poetry. And was like, I'll let you guys do the designing. I'll let you guys make it pretty, but here's everything that's inside my brain. So... I was so thrilled to see how they came out. They sent me over like 40 different designs. So these are just the three that I picked. Um, there are so many other good ones that they designed that I am really hoping that I'll be able to release in the future. What I would love to do is like do a new like exclusive merch drop every few months. So like these three items will not be on sale forever. They'll only be on sale for a little bit. I don't know how long yet, but I'll let you guys know when they're not going to be on sale anymore. It's definitely a limited run. So I'd love to do like little limited runs of merch every few months. I think that would be super fun. And um, there are so many cool designs that I would love to share with you guys. But these are the three that I went with for the initial launch. We have a Maddie Drosbeck disco themed t-shirt with a line of my poetry on it which says, I slice the thought of kissing you into two equal parts. I devour mine, you lick the frosting off yours, which is a line from a poem that I wrote a few years ago about someone I really liked who definitely didn't like me back. Um, it's a good poem. It's one of my favorites, actually. But uh, that's just a little, a, a little tiny piece from it. And... Um, then we have the t-shirt that is just for you guys. It's for listeners of the show, baby. It's the Emotionally Online t-shirt. Woo! We have Emotionally Online on the front, and then on the back we have an Emotionally Online phone design. It says, I beg for bruised knees, which is another line of my poetry taken very out of context, but I love it so fucking much. Uh, we had to get some podcast merch in there, and then the very last item that I launched is a crew neck that says I'm a beautiful storm but a storm nonetheless which if you are a longtime follower of mine you know that that was the line that was used on the back of the poetry book that I put out when I was 19 turning 20 so a uh, very long time ago uh, I was very nostalgic that was like the first item that I ever put out into the world so I thought it'd be fun to sort of loop back to the very first thing that Poetry Book no longer exists anymore, by the way. Um, olden times. But um, yeah, and then on the crew neck, there's a zoomed in photo of my tits. And um, it was the photo that almost got me banned off Instagram back in April. So pretty good stuff. I'm so excited that it's out. I'm so excited I can talk about it now. There's photos over on my Instagram. Uh, if you order by today, I think. I think Black Friday is the last day to get it confirmed. Arrives before Christmas if you're within the States. Um, it does ship internationally, but I think the shipping times are different if you don't live in the States. So if you live in the States and you want to get your item before Christmas, I believe today, Black Friday, is the last day for guaranteed getting it before Christmas. Otherwise, it might come after. Anyways, so excited that's out. So excited to finally tell you guys. And so excited to see you in the merch. So, yeah. Links to that will be all the places you know you can find those links. So... I talked like two weeks ago now about how I was deleting my Twitter. Wow, that was two weeks ago. So I did. I deleted my Twitter. And when I tell you guys I haven't missed it at all. 
I haven't even like gut instinct tried to go search for Twitter. There's been a few times because I still have Twitter marked as a bookmark on my uh, Chrome. And when I'm sitting on my computer, just like looking through emails, checking my notifications and stuff, there have been times where I've clicked on the Twitter bookmark. Now, I don't have an account anymore, so it doesn't show me anything. It just goes to like the make an account page. And so I've clicked on it a few times being like just out of gut instinct, but not that many. And I never do it on my phone, which is where I was usually consuming Twitter. It feels like I deleted Twitter and all of a sudden I'm like, why did I even fucking have that? I didn't need it. In the past two weeks, there is only one piece of news that I felt like I found out later than other people. And oh my God, as I'm sitting here, I can't even remember what that piece of fucking news was. It was whoever Pete Davidson is dating. Pete Davidson is dating someone new. Oh my God, I don't even remember. Because it doesn't matter. I don't need to know it. But I didn't know. I didn't know that Pete Davidson was allegedly dating someone new until... Oh, Emrata. That's who it was. I didn't know that Pete Davidson was allegedly dating uh, Emily Ratajkowski until... I think it, the story broke at like 8 p.m. on a Tuesday. And I didn't find out until like 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Obviously, that is a very small example of an item of news that I would have known about if I was on Twitter. I'm sure there are other things going on that I haven't heard about that I don't need to hear about. But um, my main concern with deleting Twitter was that I would be so far behind on like pop culture stuff, but also on like news cycles that I would just, I, not that I wouldn't hear about it. Obviously, I would, but I would just hear about it much later. But I haven't found that to be the case. So maybe I thought I was getting more news from Twitter than I actually was. I think I was probably consuming majority bullshit on that app and I didn't even realize it. But now that I've deleted Twitter and I don't care at all about the fact that I'm not on it anymore, I'm like, should I do this with other social media apps too? Like, should I just hard stop, get rid of TikTok? That's a bigger ask. I don't think I would delete my profile on TikTok tiktok but i think i would delete the app and i've said a few times that i'm planning on taking a break um towards the end of this year beginning of next year it'll be like half of december half of january that i'm going to be not posting i'll still be around but i want to kind of i mean intensely relax during that time i want to really take time off to do nothing and i would love to get rid of TikTok for that month. Oh my God, Mango's digging her nails into my thigh right now. Can we not do that? Um, I would love to focus on other things, other uh, bits of media for that month that I'm not doing things other than scrolling on TikTok. Like I think it would be kind of a waste of a time for relaxing, spending time with family, friends, and also getting re-inspired. I think it would kind of be a waste if I spent a ton of time scrolling on TikTok. I don't feel like I gain anything from being on TikTok, if I'm being honest. I have a good laugh every now and then, but it's not like I'm finding like the funniest shit I've ever seen on TikTok. It's like maybe I watch like one or two videos a day that I'm like, that's fucking funny. But it's clearly not funny enough for me to come up with a concrete example right now. So, Mango, what are you doing, honey bun? Come back. Come put your purring into the microphone again. Mango, the people want to hear from you. Have you heard that? I saw TikTok this week. Oh, God, fucking TikTok. Maybe it does give me some benefits. I saw TikTok this week (laughs) about how um, cats purring is healing the frequency is healing and I somebody was talking about how they put like uh like pads heating pad type things in hospitals that emit the same uh frequency noise and it's supposed to like I don't know encourage healing in people that are sick I don't know where this person got this information. I'm not vetting or double checking any of this, but I just believe it. I believe that cats purring is healing, that the frequency is 
feeling. I just think cats in general are so fucking brilliant and powerful. And obviously, listen, mangoes, my girl, my bestie, my friend, my little baby. But alternatively on TikTok, I've seen kind of a lot of cat slander recently. And something I love is that every time I see a video where there's cat slander, there's people in the comments being like L, extremely common L, and um, everyone's making fun of them. Like it, it doesn't seem like anybody who posts a cat slander video has a happy life. You know, like they don't get away with it. They definitely get reprimanded for talking shit on cats because cats just don't fucking deserve that. Um, but my thing is like, People who really hate cats, why? (laughs) I feel like it's, you know, it's fine to have a preference between cats and dogs. That's one thing. I prefer cats. I also have a preference. I grew up with dogs. I never was around cats my entire life. I probably most of my life I would have said that I was a dog person until the pandemic. And I had an experience with a cat before I adopted Mango the day one of being locked down at the beginning of the pandemic, the first day I stayed home, I was taking the garbage out of my old apartment and opened the door and a cat walked in. There was a cat just in my building sitting right outside my front door. And I opened the door and she walked in as I was taking the trash out. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know how it happened. It was very, it was a cosmic coincidence. Um, and this cat like hid and she was so scared. And I was like, well, I can't kick her out. Like she clearly like is scared and you know why she was in my building. So I was like, maybe this is somebody's cat. Like I got to find her a home. And, um, so I, we put up flyers. We went and checked to go see if she was microchipped. Nobody contacted us in my building about the flyers. Uh, she was not microchipped. So they thought that she was just a a stray cat that got indoors maybe was a little friendly because we were feeding her. I don't know. She was really young. And, um, I, she was with me for like five days and she loved me in those five days. She like decided that I was her person and she was all over me, was so cuddly, was just like the sweetest little thing. And I was like, Oh my God, I love her. I had never had an experience with a cat like that before. And keeping the cat was basically off the table for me from the start. At that time, I wasn't making a ton of money. I was still at my first job post-grad, so I was not making big bucks. And um, I thought it was irresponsible of me to uh, keep a cat, have an animal, knowing that I was not financially secure enough to raise said animal god forbid anything happened um because you know if worse comes to worse I'm sure my parents would have helped me like if this cat gets really sick and I need help and I definitely don't have money for vet bills I'm sure I could have asked my parents for help but I'm not the type to want to do that I don't want to ask for help from my parents unless I actually have to they're very generous people but I I want to uh do all my own shit pay for all my own bills not have to rely on my parents and their generosity so adopting an animal was the same way where I was like you know the day-to-day expenses of having an animal like food and litter whatever that's not expensive it's it's the the vet bills it's the the what ifs god forbid something happens could I save this animal like could I keep them healthy and you know this is a cat that randomly wandered in off the street I don't even know what her situation is it just wasn't responsible for me to have a cat at that point in time especially because I had never considered having an animal before and um so I when we realized that she was a stray and she didn't have any owners we found someone to adopt her it only took like five days so I didn't even have her for a full week found someone to adopt her. And the second she left, I was like in tears. I was, I immediately, I took a shower and I was sobbing so that my roommate wouldn't hear me. Cause I was just like devastated. I was like, damn, I really started liking that fucking cat. So then after that happened, I was like, 
I guess I'm a cat person. Like I, I really want a tiny little kitty for my own. So I said to myself, when I'm in a place financially where I feel more secure and where I feel like I would feel confident adopting an animal, I'm going to do it. And six months later, I was in a different financial position. I had gotten a new job. I'd been at home saving a lot of money because I wasn't fucking doing anything. So I was in a position where I felt like I could adopt a cat and I could bring a nice sweet little kitty into my life. So uh, I adopted Mango. And she is just the sweetest fucking animal there ever was. And I think a lot of my, like views on cats and how people see cats like they've shifted a lot since having that first experience with cats before but now that I'm like a cat owner it's like so different and it's funny because I don't feel like cat people are ever like fuck dogs cat people are usually just like yeah I prefer cats dogs are cute too though your dog's so sweet and cute oh but they're not like like I just prefer cats dog people like for some reason I feel like a lot of dog like ride or die dog people are like dogs are amazing and cats are fucking evil they're literally she's cursing me she's looking at me and giving me the evil eye cats are fucking ass like it's just it's so aggressive for no reason I've never understood it even when I used to say I was a dog person I've never felt negatively towards cats but feels like there's a lot of people that do, for whatever reason, feel negatively towards cats. Or it feels like a lot of people have had an experience with, like, an evil cat. Which, now that I have a cat and I have been around cats more, I'm like, if you've had, like, multiple or many experiences with an evil cat, perhaps you're the problem. Animals have their own personalities. Some cats are going to be more social than others, more cuddly than others. Yes, um, just sort of by nature, how they are. But even the cats that are very cuddly and social have boundaries and you don't get to just, you know, as a stranger, walk up to this cat and be like, oh, let me hold you and cuddle you and kiss you. Like she doesn't fucking know you. (laughs) Okay. So I think a lot of people like with dogs, a lot of dogs, you can just go up to them and be like, oh, I'm going to hold them and kiss them and, you know, scratch them all over. And a lot of dogs are fine with that. But cats are like, you know, I need to know you in order for you to do that. There needs to be a trust involved. Cats are more like people in that way. You wouldn't just go up to another person and start, you know, doing what all that scratching their fucking head giving them a noogie and kissing them on the cheek like you know some people would but they're fucking weirdos like that's socially frowned upon don't do that and um so I feel like cats are more like people in that way yes there are some cats that are more social more you know cuddly than others um but if you're having like this constant experience of having like an antisocial cat that wants nothing to do with people around you, then you might be the problem. They probably just don't want anything to do with you. And my other thing is I also feel like cats' personalities are, yes, they're in part nature, but I am of the school of belief that a lot of it is nurture as well. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of cats sort of get neglected in people's households like I think that people see cats as being you know they're so calm and they can sleep for lots of hours out of the day and they're very self-sufficient they're independent that a lot of people just like let their cats live lives in their homes I think especially when you have like a family cat people are busy parents are busy with kids kids are doing God knows what, whatever. They have dogs. They're distracted with the dogs. And the cats just end up being like an animal that lives in the house but isn't given a lot of attention. So it's like, of course, that animal doesn't love cuddling with humans and having people always coming up close to them. Like, they're left alone most of the time. And so in my head, I also think it's like part nurture. All of that to say, I've seen cat slander on TikTok and I just will have none of it. And I don't think that most of TikTok will have any of it either, just because I've seen people getting dragged for saying bad things about cats, as they should. Moral of the story, if cats hate you, you might be the problem. 
So anyways, maybe that's another reason to delete TikTok is all of the cat slander on that app. But how does it feel to be wrong, you guys? How does it feel to be the most wrong? How does it feel to have a shitty fucking opinion? <laughs> uh, also, I need to be taken off of TikTok because I shouldn't be allowed to hit on men with podcasts. <laughs> Not that I'm not doing that on Hinge and Bumble, but I'm just saying that TikTok has enabled me to hit on men with podcasts, and I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, I know we make fun of men with podcasts, and it's men with podcasts specifically that we're making fun of. Women can do no wrongs, okay? Women have never committed crimes. There's Women can do no wrong, okay? We're only talking about men with podcasts. <laughs> and... um you know, we, we like to make those jokes because they're funny. They're funny jokes. Okay. Have you ever heard a funny joke before? Ha ha laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love entertainers. I love people who are funny and that entertain in some way. So I'm sorry if I see you on my TikTok feed all the time and you're a man with a podcast. I, as much as I love bullying you, I'm, I'm also going to hit on you. <laughs> I also might flirt with you in your DMs. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. Is that a toxic trait of mine? Loves men with podcasts. <laughs> so maybe that's another reason I need to get rid of TikTok. I'm kidding, by the way. It's not that serious. <laughs> My thing is, like, I'm on Hinge. Hinge is fine. I prefer Hinge. Hinge is, like, good. I've had good experiences on Hinge. I keep downloading Bumble to be like, well, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm missing what people are saying about Bumble because people talk about Bumble all the time. And I've never gone out with anyone that I've met on Bumble ever. And, um, or maybe once one of my fuck buddies in college, I met off Bumble <laughs> having flashbacks. <laughs> um, but I've never met anyone on Bumble. And I find that like the people on the app are so weird and nobody reads anything. I find that the people on Bumble uh, they want to fuck equally as much as the people on Tinder do, except it's like just the genre of people that don't want to make the first move. So it's a bunch of people that just want to sit back while you do all the work. And they're like, only look at fuck. That's my take on the Bumble experience. I don't fucking get it. Like on Bumble, I got premium for a week just to test it and see like, okay, what's up with this app? I already deleted Bumble at the time of recording this. I've had it for a week. I already deleted it because I fucking hate it. Bought premium for the week because on Bumble, they let you like filter out the people that have liked you. So you can see like, oh, you have such and such pending likes on Bumble. So after the first day having the app, I log on. It says I have 750 pending likes over the last 24 hours. 750 people have sent me a like. Sweet. Let's see them. So I'm like, first, let me filter out all the people that are immediately off the table. So I filter by political affiliation because there will be no such conservatives or apolitical fucking fuckheads in my dating sphere. <laughs> and then I also filter it by people that are looking for a relationship. So if you're looking to fuck, get out of here. 750. I want you to guess what that number got narrowed down to. Once I put in those filters, just the filter for political affiliation and what they're looking for, what my number dwindled down to. The answer is 12. Of the 750 people that liked me in the first 24 hours that I was on Bumble, only 12 of them fit my basic criteria. That's not even considering if I find them attractive or, you know, they end up looking normal on their profile. They're based in New York even because, you know, people on Bumble, you like go through their profile and then all of a sudden it's like based in Glasgow, based in Los Angeles. And it's like, why the fuck are you swiping on me in Brooklyn? Get out of here. 12, 750 to 12. I was like, that's ridiculous. 
that's like, I would rather be on Hinge where it's a, s- a slower process of meeting people because you're only shown, you can only send out eight likes a day. So it's definitely, you're not getting as many likes as you do on like Tinder or Bumble. But the matches that you are getting, the likes that you are getting are of a much higher quality. You can actually match with people that you probably have something in common with or that you're looking for at least the same things. Like I was like, oh my God, 750 people and all of them want to fuck? God, that's so boring. I was just like, I couldn't even believe that. I was like, what the fuck? So I kept it for a week to see if it would get any better. If it was like, maybe that's the first 24 hour fluke. No, every day was the same shit. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. All week, I only, of the people that liked me during the week, I only ended up liking two of them. (laughs) So I was like, what the fuck? What's the point of this? I only, there's two people on this app whole week. All these people are sending me likes. None of them are looking for a relationship. The people that are looking for a relationship or, you know, there's something about it that I'm not feeling. Two people. I was like, the fuck so yeah I'm off what the fuck Bumble sucks I'm back to only being on hinge because apparently it's the only dating app that I actually like (laughs) dating on hinge is fine though it's been fun I've enjoyed dating on hinge this year but damn it what the fuck like this is like the dating in cities dilemma where like yeah there's a lot of fucking people But finding people that are actually looking for a relationship in a city is next to fucking impossible. It feels that way. It feels like it is next to fucking impossible. It's the easiest thing in the world, finding someone to fuck. Okay? If I wanted to have sex, I could do it right now. In 10 minutes flat, less, I could find someone to come over. But that's not what I want. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to go on dates and actually see if there is a genuine compatibility with someone. But God damn it, is it hard? It's hard to even find people that want to date, let alone find a person that is the right match for you. It's just like, it's quite the process, but literally everyone that you talk to is having the same experience. Everyone that I talk to is like, yep, same over here. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, cool. So we're all just in this together, besties. Uh. (laughs) But, you know, maybe one day we can like there can be a new dating app that's made that like gets kept sacred. It can be a dating app only for people that are looking for long-term relationships. <laughs> They're looking to seriously date and see if there's compatibility. I just feel like every dating app ends up turning into the same thing eventually. Like Hinge is a little better because of like the format of it allows for better matches in my opinion. But it feels like every other dating app just eventually you can go out with the intention of like, this is the dating app for this. This is the dating app for that. But at the end of the day, they all morph into the same thing. I don't think any of them are that different from each other. I'm also not saying that Hinge is like, they're doing it completely right. I've got criticisms for Hinge, but I like the app enough to want to give the app criticisms. You know what I mean? The other apps, I'm like, well, I'm deleting it. (laughs) I don't even want to be on it. Hinge, I'm like, I want to be on it. And I have criticisms, but I enjoy my time on this app enough for you to hear those criticisms. My criticism for Hinge, my main criticism for Hinge, is that their algorithm is better at showing you people that you are actually going to be compatible with. However, I would love the ability to filter by what you're looking for on hinge it's a newer feature they just added the like what are you looking for long term short term figuring out my dating goals whatever else other options they have that's still like a newer feature so i'm sure you'll eventually be able to filter by those things but they're still waiting for people to like fill out that portion of their profile um and they just added another portion where you can fill out if you're monogamous or um polyamorous whatever So I think that's great that they're adding that as well because, yeah, that's another huge part of dating in cities is you you come across someone with a great profile and you're like, oh, this person looks great. And then most of the time they have it in their profile. They'll be like, oh, I'm ethically non-monogamous. I'm partnered. 
Um, but sometimes people don't have it in their profiles and it's like, I would love to be able to just filter that out. You know, like you and I are not looking for each other. We would save each other so much time if you could look at other people that are looking for that, that are ethically non-monogamous and are partnered or are open with that versus people who aren't. Cause I'm not, <sighs> I just wish these apps would be better at filtering so you could see the people that you would actually be compatible with. Cause it's, it is hard to find the people that you would actually be compatible with. Um, so I hope that hinge you can eventually start filtering by those things. Cause although I think their algorithm is smarter and does a lot of that on its own, I would love to be able to like get it a hundred percent and just filter it out. So, all right, end of the show. Let's do some advice. Let's go through the advice box. All right, I have a message here that says, I went on my first ever first date a few nights ago, and I'm wondering how on earth people date without getting completely emotionally invested. Maybe it's the Pisces in me, but when I care about something, I don't know how to put in anything less than 100% of my effort. I feel like I have the tendency to get completely carried away with things and I'm trying to navigate the line between being open with my emotions and what I'm looking for and not seeming super needy or too full on. For the date, we went for drinks and kissed at the end. We met in a club on Halloween and made out then, but this felt more serious because we were slightly more sober and it was a lot of fun. I really like her and I invited her over to watch a movie the next night, but she had to cancel last minute and left my no worries will reschedule message on red. So now I'm overthinking everything I said and did. So I guess my question is how do you cope with anxiety around saying and doing the right thing when dating and how do you handle it when people have different communication styles and approach relationships differently than you? Okay, let's go through this message from the top because I've got a bunch to say. First thing you have here, I went on my first ever date a few nights ago and I'm wondering how on earth people date without getting completely emotionally invested. Maybe it's the Pisces in me, but when I care about something, I don't know how to put in anything less than 100% of my effort. You don't have to change. Okay, remember that. I feel like I have the tendency to get completely carried away with things and I'm trying to navigate the line between being open with my emotions and what I'm looking for and not seeming super needy or too full on. Throw those cares out the window, baby. I've talked about this a bunch because I have felt this way so many times in my life, like worrying about being too needy or too much or just like coming off too full on. I have worried about that so much throughout my life. And the truth is, is I think that most of us worry about that to a degree that we actually don't need to be worried about that. Dating is vulnerable. Okay. Dating requires you to be open and honest and put yourself out there and if the person that you are seeing is going to look at you and think oh you're too needy oh you're too much this is too overwhelming for me they're not the right person for you I think that it's a good thing to reflect on how we are when we date so that it's something that we can enjoy you know because I there is some type of balance that goes in, right? Being open and honest with your emotions, putting yourself out there, but also knowing how to manage the uncertainties and the uncomfortability that can come with those uncertainties in dating. However, I think most of us are managing that discomfort on our own and we're worrying about coming off as too much because we want the people we're seeing to respond to texts in a timely manner. We're not saying immediately. You're not saying respond in 20 minutes. You're saying, you know, don't leave me unread for 24 hours. That's not being needy. That's wanting the people that you're with to communicate effectively. And I think that a lot of times we have been taught to minimize our emotions or we're taught to think that we're being too needy or too much for asking for like the bare minimum of what we would need to feel secure in a relationship because a lot of dating culture is like a competition to see who can care less it's sexy to care less it's not sexy to give a fuck (laughs) it's not presented that way so you worry about coming off as too much too needy too yada yada whatever when really you're not asking for anything that is out of left field here you know I think that you need what you need in partnerships and I think that I'm never going to tell someone that what they want is too much, makes them too much, because I just don't think that's helpful. I think that we have to communicate with the people that we're dating 
for like what our expectations are. And part of dating, part of the dating process is figuring out something that works for the both of you. You know, we can come up with situations where let's say you're someone who, if the person you're dating doesn't respond in 10 minutes, you're freaking out at them and you're having a panic attack. That's a very specific situation that obviously runs deeper. There's trauma there. That's why people act in ways like that. People don't just like wake up being like, I need to hear from you every second of every day. You know what I mean? And I think most of us are not in places where we're like, I need to know everything that's going on right here, right now. We're just asking for communication. So just right from the jump, I want to say here that you don't need to wish away that part of yourself. You don't need to wish away the part of you that cares deeply, that um, is very open and vulnerable with your emotions, that wants to be that way and you do not need to worry about being too needy can't say the wrong thing to the right person the right person for you would not think that you communicating your feelings being open wanting to be in frequent communication responding to texts quick nobody is going to think that is needy if they actually like you as a person so don't worry about that because it's just a non-issue and we convince ourselves that it is an issue when in reality, if it is an issue, you're not supposed to be with that person. Cause the thing is, is like, yeah, you might, you will date people that have different communication styles than you that approach relationships different than you. You both have different experiences that, you know, it cause you to react in different ways or feel different ways. And all you can do is communicate that to each other and find something that works for the both of you. But you can't suppress how you feel or pretend you don't feel that way or wish away those feelings and wish you were someone that cared less or less needy in air quotes because you're not needy. Um, you can try to suppress that part of you, but you will not be happy that way. So I think you're fine. I think you're doing fine. I don't think you need to wish away those feelings, that part of you at all. In fact, I think you need to accept it. That's it for this episode. Follow the podcast Instagram at Emotionally Online Pod for updates and just a fun little time. Follow me on my Instagram at Maddie Drosbeck if you don't already. And thank you guys so much for listening. See you next week. Bye.